Welcome back, baseball family. Today, Brig and I are going to go through and we're going to present our nominations for the Texas Rangers Mount Rushmore. Um, Brig, though, before we get too far into this, is going to present you with the history of the Texas Rangers and, wouldn't you know it, the Washington Senators. Yeah. All right, now, to be brief, and we've done this with all of the Mount Rushmores previously, we're going to kind of uh, go through a, just a brief snapshot of the history. So, this franchise, Texas Rangers, have been around for 61 seasons, 1961 to 2021. Current, that is present. I don't see the Texas Rangers going anywhere. Do you, Brad? No, I wouldn't think so. Very um, good. Just saying um, that new stadium, so be around yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so their record in that time period over the 61 seasons, 4,525 games one <laughs> excuse me up against 4954 losses that's a 0.477 win loss percentage they've had eight playoff appearances in one seasons two pennants zero count them zero world championships and they have retired six numbers of players all time and i can go through those now if you'd like brad go for it go for it brig well, you know, everybody's retired Jackie Robinson's number, so 42 is on the list. Since then, five additional names have been added, and we're talking Nolan Ryan, number 34, Adrian Beltre, number 29. we got Johnny Oates as a manager, number 26, Michael Young, number 10, and uh, Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez as wearing number seven. Those are the retired numbers for the franchise. Very good. Thank you, Brig. Now, this one of the things that I I was I guess having a hard time with this was I was I always look at the all-time top 24 players, right? For these organizations and consider like who who of these people would I consider to be the top four to put on the on the Mount Rushmore? And it was interesting because you have the top four, and then number five is Ian Kinsler. And my very first thought was, I can stop right there because I wouldn't consider him on putting him on anybody's Mount Rushmore. Um, good nope. player. I, I was actually a pretty big Ian Kinsler fan, especially for some reason, especially if he was in Texas, even though they were good and beating the Mariners. I don't know. Anyway, uh, mostly <laughs> with Detroit. But uh, and really, I don't I don't want to say an all time player, but he just played in the Olympics for Israel. He really did. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a thing. He was good enough to play in the Olympics. So, anyway. But, no, at that point, I, I kind of stopped going down the list. I said, okay, I've got four guys now. One who I would think of putting on there is not, is not there, and only because he did not play for the Rangers for very long. That being said, I, I do feel like, Brig, we're going to either overlap on three, if not four of these. I was just going to say that. I... Brad and I have never done this side by side. We don't compare no. notes. We do engage in any dialogue when we go through this. So for those of you that are new or whatever, thank shout out to our Ireland friends. We don't talk about this at all. And Brazil okay. too. Brazil. Welcome. Oh yeah. Brazil. And Brazil. Welcome. So we're excited about this because this may be, may be the very first time that we overlap on all four. We're interested to find out. Now, Brad's given you an idea of how he goes about his process. Mine's a little bit different. I 
I the the initial lens I push everything through is I want to know how do you tell the story of the Texas Rangers and not include this person, right? Yeah. That's that's how I look at it. Like could can you can you leave them out of the narrative of the franchise and and still tell the story of the Rangers? So that that's how I approach it. Right? And that's why we came up with, you know, some of the interesting names we've come up with in the past. So if you haven't listened to any of our other Mount Rushmores, Brad and I, you know, we we often bring in different kinds of personalities. That's how I tell this. You know, I, I want to tell the story. And I almost killed Brad one time. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. <laughs> it, it's totally story. worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen. All right, man. So, do you want to? I was going to say, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do your first one, Brad. Who's, who you well, gonna... should we just give the first one out of the way? We could do that. Yeah, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, totally. And, and this is this is my thing. So I put Nolan Ryan on my on my list at the very first. He's the very top of my list. I feel like he's a super duh. But then, but then, Brig, I went back and I, I was looking at his at his career and his numbers and everything, and I had the realization that he literally only played, and I I shouldn't say that he only played for the Rangers for the last five seasons of his career. Yep. 1989 through 1993. He was only an all-star one time. However, you did bring this to my attention that he did go into the hall of fame as a Texas Ranger, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, Now he did lead the league in strikeouts um, twice. Those first two seasons with the Rangers had a 300 had 301 and 232 strikeouts. Um, as far as his career goes, he still leads Major League Baseball with a the most walks allowed, two thousand seven hundred ninety five, which is a lot. Wow! But he also has the most strikeouts, five hundred five thousand seven hundred fourteen, which is crazy. So it, what that leads me to believe is that guys are just too afraid to be in the box against him to even swing the freaking bat. <laughs> well, and let's be honest: if there were robot umpires, how many of those would convert? back over to one of the other categories yeah it's true i'm just saying yeah Yeah, like i would like to see exactly how many backwards k's he has because i really do think the guys are just in the box they didn't know what to do they didn't know like okay he's either gonna hit me or he's gonna strike me out either way it's not a great outcome if he does walk me that's fine yeah He's like, I just don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Either way, I wish I was just about anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And the fact that he pitched so many innings. So he did pitch a total of 5,386 innings over the course of his career. There were a lot of complete games in there. A lot. A oh, lot of complete games load. in there. Because yeah. I mean, there were 222 over the course of his career. In his heyday with the Angels. You know, he was pitching, so he had three years in a row where he threw 20 plus, 20, 26, and 26 complete games in a season. Wow. So that's where guys are just not getting a chance to, like, not wet their pants in the batter's box. (laughs) Right. There's no no relief. (laughs) Maybe that's where the term relief came from. Like, oh, please. (laughs) Please let me face someone other than Nolan Ryan. 
and the batters are visibly relieved, and that's where relief pitchers come from. <laughs> Maybe. It's not so much the pitcher as it is the batter. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> I might be crazy, too, but I'm probably the lunatic you've been looking for. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, huh? yeah, you know it. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> but so here's the other thing too is over the course of his career, Nolan Ryan threw seven no hitters. Um, that's a lot for those of you who don't know. I don't have a whole lot of context for you, but that's a lot, especially I mean, even over the course of a what uh, 27 year career. The fact that 27 stop there and just think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. 27 years in anything is remarkable. That's like marriages last that long, and that's it. You know, (laughs) some, some, very few are in the military that long, but that's it, though. That's it. Yes. Well, here's another thing. I just looked this up. He, so of those seven no-hitters, two of them came with the Texas Rangers. So he was north of 40 when he was throwing two of those no-hitters, at least. And so, okay, here's another one for you real quick. I'm going to bring this back. Um, so the his last game um, came September 22nd, 1993, in the Kingdome against my Seattle Mariners. Oh. Uh, he gave up two hits, walked four, gave up five runs and basically like i said like it's almost like his arm fell off but as he walked to the dugout obviously upset disappointed could tell that his career was basically over at that point he got a standing ovation from the fans of seattle yep so no freaking cool it's freaking cool and he said i felt it go right i felt it pop and it was it and he just kind of was like hanging limp and he had to he he stood on the mound. You should see the video. The video is remarkable. He takes off his hat and he looks around, and that's when we all were like, "Whoa!" You know, something is definitely going on here. So, a couple mm-hmm. of statistics that I think are remarkable. His WAR is has been calculated at eighty one point three. Eighty one point three wins above replacement for this starting pitcher. So that's remarkable. His lifetime ERA is three point one nine. With all those complete games and all those innings pitched better than anybody else, like 3.19 over 5,000 innings pitched. And giving in his last appearance, he did not record an out and gave up five earned runs. That's essentially an infinite ERA for that game. Yeah. Which, you know, one game in that many is not going to have that big of a weight. But still, if he had two of those, it's going to it could be significant. That's right. So that's over the course of 807 games that he pitched in. And what I think is he's a Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, part of the 1969 World Series Championship. His number is retired in, I believe, Texas and in Anaheim, if I'm not mistaken. But he's also – he also three saves to his name. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's got three saves as a starting pitcher. Now I don't know how that happens, other than he's gotten pulled in 
you know, midway through probably a playoff game scenario. And, and that's some winner take all type, you know, do or Randy Johnson um, has a couple can you of imagine? For that same reason. Exactly. And that's what so, I was going to yeah. say. Can you imagine saying, dude, you know what? We need you coming in to close this out uh, and make sure. And I know you pitched yesterday or the day before, but we have got to have you right now. And then there's no relief in that box. <laughs> like those dudes, they're like, well, <laughs> should we just go home? Because I might actually die here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So Nolan Ryan does have his number retired with the Angels. Yeah, and that to me, to me, that shows just how remarkable he is. We could probably do an entire episode talking about how much we love Nolan Ryan. We shouldn't right now, but so he spent partial season uh, 1966 with the Mets. He went on to play with the Mets for you know three or four more years. Then he was with the California Angels for eight. Then he was with Houston for nine, and he finished with Texas. Um, And he has, as Brad said, chosen. Texas as his Hall of Fame cap on his plaque at Cooperstown. So, pretty remarkable guy. Pretty remarkable performance. I don't think you can tell the story of baseball without Nolan Ryan. And if he played on that team, it's really hard to say you can't tell the story of the Texas Rangers without talking about Nolan Ryan. Texas boy, hometown, the whole shebang. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Agree. Brig, why don't you go ahead and lead us into our next one? Okay. I'm going to go with another one that, that is, for me, a no-brainer. It's probably going to overlap with you, and that's Pudge. Yvonne Rodriguez. Yeah. You can't tell the story of the Rangers without Pudge. He played catcher. He's a 5'9", 205 pounds. This dude is also in the Hall MVP, 14-time All-Star, number retired. He's from Puerto Rico. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. 68.7 calculated war. He, um, let me go if this thing will turn around and go. He played most of his career in Texas. He had a stint in Florida, Detroit, and then he franchised himself out for a little while, just like everybody does at the end of their career, specifically through late 90s and early 2000s. But um, most of his games and most of his successes are in Texas. Yeah, and he did. He got the World Series with the with the Florida Marlins in in 2003 um he was he was the catcher on that team well and and one of the things that i think is interesting is that you know he like you said he played the majority of his career in texas um and then he went back to texas in 2009 and i think we all thought that that was just like a farewell tour he played 28 games but then it's like the nats in 2010 came calling he's like yeah i'll come play 111 games for you apparently sure i'm only 38 years old it's fine (laughs) As a catcher, his entire career, his oh, entire man. career, he was primarily a catcher, played a little bit of first base, DH'd a little bit, he got second base, probably just an appearance with Detroit at second base. They just yeah. needed him to fill in, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But nobody does that anymore. Nobody stays at catcher for that long as their primary position. We saw um, just uh, Mauer, Joe Mauer. Oh yeah, went prime like predominantly to first base, 
And, you know, I think some of that had to do with concussions. Some of it had to do with his <clears> knees. But specifically, Bryce Harper was drafted as a catcher out of the community college he was playing for. And they said, no, we want to prolong your career. You're moving to the outfield. Yep. You know, you, you see things like that happen. But there are a few guys who have the resilience that Pudge had at the position. And that was the thing that I always looked up to with him as a catcher growing up that people always said, who's your favorite catcher? I'm like, well, my favorite catcher is Dan Wilson because he plays for my favorite team. But if you right. ask me who I really look at as like who I model my game after is Pudge because everybody did all the, everybody who I was friends with at, the, at that age, who was a catcher, it was, it was always Pudge because he played differently than everybody else. Well, and he played with a smile on his face. And that's the thing I will never forget about Pudge is that every time you turn around, that dude was giggling and teasing somebody and having a good time. And he looked like the baseball player we were being at that age in our lives. Yeah. Right. He played the game the way we played the game. And it was high intensity. We knew the stakes. We were having fun, though, all at the same time. Right. right? There's yeah. not a. There are very few 11-year-olds that I played with, 12-year-olds or whatever, that didn't want to win real bad, but also we knew like we were going to have a good time. And that's yeah. what Pudge did. That's why I love I'll never forget that about Pudge. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like so that's that's one of the big things that sticks out and I mean, I don't know, as like I said as a as a kid growing up watching Pudge play the position, um it was a pretty big deal seeing a guy who was that good, you know, like that good offensively. He had just under a shade of a three. Like he finished the 296 batting average, he finished with 311 home runs. He wasn't hitting a whole bunch every year, but he was, he was hitting more than 10, which is not something catchers usually do unless their name is Johnny Bench, right? So, so he, it was a big deal watching Pudge for me growing up. Um, he's going to be on any Mount Rushmore for me. I mean, I would maybe consider putting him on the Detroit Tigers if he played for them longer or even maybe a little bit earlier in his career. But no, he was, he was a big, he's very influential on, on, on my, uh, I don't want to say career, but my time playing baseball. <laughs> so, but let's go ahead and take a short break. When we get back, we have two more for our Mount Rushmore. All right, welcome back, baseball family. We're going to go ahead and wrap up our Texas Ranger Mount Rushmore here. And uh, two for two on the overlap, Brad. I think that's pretty yeah. remarkable. Mm-hmm. I think this one, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and one up as well. Let's see if we overlap again. Do you want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I, I, I'm going with Adrian Beltre. Got him on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the stakes three. are getting higher. Pause they the are. show. Call your friends. Make sure you, you know you you wager on this. <laughs> if you're not betting on whether we overlap four for four, I mean, are you even listening to us the proper way? I don't know. Well, and I want to know if you're not betting on this podcast, what are you even doing with your life? So, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be at least twenty five cents riding on this. <laughs> at least if you're over and under doesn't come out to at least 25 cents i'm gonna have a problem <laughs> <laughs> said the man's never bet on anything in his life all right <laughs> brad why don't you tell us why you picked adrian beltray okay so adrian beltray to so one thing for me first off is that 
the heyday, like his best years of his career came in, in Texas. I feel like if you ask somebody who Adrian Beltre played for, the first thing they would tell you is Texas. Just average fan, not a fan of the Dodgers, Mariners, or Red Sox. They would tell you Texas. Uh, because yep. that's where we saw that's where we saw him have the most success. He had four all-star years with the Rangers. Sorry, three with the Rangers, one with the with, with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And um having seen him play in Seattle the way that he did, uh, which was not great. Um, we refer to his time in Seattle as the time that he forgot how to play baseball or forgot how to hit. He's good defensively, he's very good defensively at third base for the Mariners, but uh he was not great offensively in Seattle as so many players are when they get are not when they get there. Um, he was, he was good in LA. He was pretty good for the Dodgers, but he was not as good anywhere as he was with the Rangers. And um, beyond that, I mean, that's where we got to know the personality of Adrian Beltre, right? The goofing off, just a silly guy. We saw him yeah. take a knee when he would hit home runs uh, like he would, he would swing and he'd go down on one knee when he hit home runs in Boston. Took that to Texas. Um, he was goofing around a lot with Elvis Andrews. That was one of my favorite left sides of the infield around because they would like steal steal fly balls from each other. They would mimic each other, catch a fly ball. So like that. It was fun to watch. It was a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So I yeah. loved it. Loved his time in Texas. Um, he was top 10 in MVP voting three, four times. One four gold gloves, three gold gloves in Texas. Um, he carried the team into the national spotlight when they didn't necessarily deserve to be. We're not a great team overall, but he was a very good player. And by, I mean, like I, like I said, top 10 MVP voting, very, very good player, all-star a couple times. Um, and since 2010, the Rangers have been Adrian Beltre, in my opinion. Couldn't so. agree more, man. That is legitimately what I was going to say. Two-time platinum glove, four-time silver slugger, five-time gold glove, four-time all-star. Career war calculated at 93.5. That's remarkable. 93.5 mm-hmm. at a third baseman uh, and a right-handed third baseman at that. So, Well, they're all right-handed. Shut up. I said that and then <laughs> had the same thought. <laughs> I was like, why did you say that? And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> I should have just made it sound like I was you. That would have been better. Say it with conviction, Brig. Just, I usually do. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, career batting average was uh, 286. Not Nothing to write home about there, but also... Um, just solid. The solid. It's a solid performance. I and I agree that for me it comes down to you cannot tell the story about the Texas Rangers without Adrian Beltre. Doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's really and and it comes down to it too. He's the top. He's the third player down the list in the top twenty-four players in Rangers history with a forty-one point one WAR with the Rangers. It goes Pudge, Rafael Palmero, and then Adrian Beltre. Yep. That's that's the the top three right there. So, 
in a, in, in a franchise with as rough of a history as they have had with guys not sticking around, not performing, and just generally just a, a franchise that hasn't been great over the years, um, he was a definitely a bright spot for the franchise. Agreed, Brad. Why don't you go ahead and uh, let me give you my fourth, or you want to get? I think this is where we're going to diverge. Honestly, I do too. Actually, like looking at, looking at it more, I think this is where it's going to be different. Um, I'll go ahead with mine. I'm going to go with Buddy Bill. Whoa, we do diverge. Very good. Okay, there we go. Sorry for those of you who bet. Uh, that's why we don't gamble. Twenty five cents. That's right. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so. So here's the thing. Adrian Beltre spent eight years of his career with the Texas Rangers, as did Buddy Bell. These were, however, his peak years. They were in the middle of his career. Um, He was a four-time All-Star for the Rangers. Um, He had a career career war with the Rangers of, sorry, my window is loading, 36.3. He had a career batting average of 279, 201 home runs, and 55 career stolen bases. And for those of you who are curious, he is the father of David and Mike Bell, who also played in the big leagues. I know David Bell because he was the third baseman for the Mariners in 2001 when they won 116 games. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. But he he was a, I mean, he was a, he was a fixture for... Um, for the Rangers, he's another third baseman for this team. When he was with the Rangers, he he was top ten MVP once. He won uh, three, four, five, six Gold Gloves. He had a Gold Glove every time, every year with them. Uh, like I said, he was a four time All Star with the Rangers. And again, it comes down to a team that doesn't have a rich history of talent. Um, Pudge spent the most time with them. And after that, it, it gets to be Palmero, who honestly, for me, I think of the Rangers and I believe the Orioles. But anyways, mm-hmm. you know, it, these guys who spent some time in Texas, but it, it wasn't their their entire career with them. So having, having those good years with the Rangers is really what gets him on the Mount Rushmore for me. And uh, you've got to have somebody <laughs> during – during those years when this team was not good. And, well, the 80s was kind of that time for the Rangers. So, Buddy Bell is my third. Or, sorry, my fourth. Who's your fourth, Brig? You know, it's going to come controversial. And I know Buddy Bell was kind of a difficult choice as well, right? Because you kind of had to decide, like, where do you go now? So, mine's the same way. And uh, I got it. But but let me just clear the air first, okay? Before I reveal who it is, I, this dude's an MVP, five-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger. He won a batting title, but his career war is at 28.2. It's a little low for what we would consider a Mount Rushmore. However, this outfielder was a first-round draft pick to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. We all know how first-round draft picks go. But Yeah, we do. Play with Texas, one, two, three, four, count them, five, six seasons after a two-year stint in Los Angeles Angels in uh, Anaheim. We're talking Josh Hamilton. I, I got to go with Josh. Yeah. 
That's interesting. That's that's a really interesting pick and definitely controversial, I would say. But it is present. So here's why I, Josh Hamilton. So first of all, we we have to decide how we're going to fill this fourth slot, right? And until we have a more robust personality or or better performance or a World Series perf- appearance and or title with uh, uh you know some some serious leadership. It's going to be hard to decide who this fourth fourth person is for Texas. So the reason I went with Josh Hamilton is because of his off the field and on the field combo. Josh Hamilton is widely known as a an alcoholic, and he's had really a ton of trouble with drugs. But what he's done is he's dedicated his life to not only improving and changing that, but helping improve and change the narrative for other people. There is a tremendous uh, amount of social responsibility that he is taking upon himself and using the platform that he earned, I would argue, in Texas as a ranger to present this new, to, to, to really intervene on people's behalf and say, know what it's like to struggle i know what it's like to have problems you're not alone we aren't better than you as professional athletes and this larger thing that's going on so i chose josh hamilton because he does have some tremendous baseball performance to back him up he really does yeah he does he's not a he's not a slouch pick so and i argue it has its own validity and its own weight that's why i went with josh hamilton I like it. I mean, it's it's a good pick. Like, and I actually think if he had stayed in Texas rather than going to Anaheim, because it, it's been documented that the reason he struggled in Anaheim, the reason he had the issues he did, is because he didn't have the support system around him. If he had stayed in Texas instead of chasing that fat contract the Angels were going to give him, that I don't, I don't want to say he wouldn't have had any issues, but I think he, we would have seen continue to see the consistency and the trajectory that we saw in Texas. I mean, like you said, he was a, he was a five-time all-star. He actually led the league in batting average 2010 with 359 average won the MVP that year. Yeah. And the only place he go from there is down, but he was still solid. He's still a good, a really good player. So yeah, I think that's actually a really good pick. Um, I think your arguments are are valid and, and he is kind of a quarter cornerstone for, uh, for the Rangers and the year that they won the or they made the playoffs and he was there, they I believe because of him they had non alcoholic beer in the clubhouse. Is yeah, that right. Because yeah, that's that my understanding. I don't know if that's true, but it's cer- it certainly briefs well. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. You know. Does. So yeah, it's good. But but baseball family, let us know what you think about this Mount Rushmore. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? I mean, we overlapped on three of them because, like we said, there's not a whole lot of history with transcendent talent uh with with players with the, with the rangers um is there anybody we're missing rangers fans is there somebody you would have put on there instead let us know reach out send us an email in the mailbag at baseballtogether.com. there's also a link in the description of every episode catch new episodes of the baseball together podcast every tuesday